welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Your Brand podcast with me, Sarah Holmes. I don't know why I feel the need to say my full name all the time. It sounds kind of weird, um, but how are you doing? I'm glad that you are here with me today because I'm talking about a topic that I feel like affects pretty much every business owner at some point where it's like, am I being way too repetitive? <laughs> am I boring the life out of the people who are watching? Uh, my stories? Am I boring the life out of my email list because I keep talking about the same things? Now, obviously, we don't feel like we're boring all the time, but it can get to the point where when you keep talking about the thing that you do best, the thing that you care about, which is probably quite niche, um, we can feel like we're starting to repeat ourselves way too much. And you know, with the way that... I, if, I feel like I've just dived into this subject very, very quick at the start of this podcast, but you know, let's just get get to the point. We don't need any like airy fairy introductions. Let's just get to the point. When you advertise, especially through social media um, or email marketing, you have your website, like now we're a very numbers based kind of, well, we, we use numbers, right? We use the data to figure out whether things are working or not working. Um, put that in inverted commas because, you know, sometimes it can look like it's not working, but it actually is. Um, but if we use these numbers, they can easily get in our head. You know, if you make a reel and it doesn't get a lot of views or you send an email and only 20% of your list open it, you're like, okay, what isn't working here, right? We, we, we start looking for problems. And those numbers can make us feel like, wow, did I say the same thing again? Or did I just bore people? Is that why they're not opening my emails? And we start to look for like, what is the problem here? And so I thought it was quite kind of interesting to talk about how much repetition is too much. Um, the day that I'm recording this episode, I had a client call this morning and we were working through um, her content. So I'd set her a challenge to go and speak to five ideal clients because um, we were kind of honing in on who she really wanted to work with and getting some concrete examples, right? So instead of saying like entrepreneurs or creative entrepreneurs, I was like, okay, tell me specifically who these people are. And once we got to that point, I said, okay, now I'm gonna challenge you to go out and talk to these people. So she did that and then she came back with the data that she's found. And then we started to talk about how she can create better content, more directed towards the type of people she wants to work with. And we got onto the subject of content pillars. And when we were talking about the content pillars, um, we mapped them out and to give you context, so um, she's a brand designer. So we had some um, content pillars and two of them were design and then talking about brand design and web design and the other one was brand strategy, right? And my client said to me, oh, I could see her looking when we mapped them out and I think she was like, oh, and I said, what's up, what's up? And she said, I think this is a good start but they're just the same as every other designer's content pillars, I imagine. It's the same content as everyone else is creating. And I thought, that is true. I assume that most, if not all, brand designers have a content pillar that is design. If they didn't, I would actually be worried. And it got me thinking, like, I understand why you're worried about being repetitive because you don't want to put off your audience. You don't want to bore them. You don't want your views to go down. You don't want less people to know about your business. Like all of those things come up, right? And 
after I'd had that client call, I went to have lunch today with my boyfriend and I was explaining because sometimes I like <laughs> give him, you know, the lowdown of what's going on on my client calls. And it's nice to talk to someone who's like outside of this business bubble because he gives me like a normal person kind of perspective, right? So I'll say to him, you know, she's worried about being repetitive. And then I'll say like, you know, my view. So I came up with a couple of examples like, that I said to him. And I said, you know, do you think that the marketing people at Ikea get bored of talking about furniture? And I was like, because they they sell furniture and, you know, they, they have to talk about furniture all the time. All their campaigns are about furniture, 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 like they're Ikea. Do you think they're worried that they talk about furniture too much when there's all these other furniture shops? And my boyfriend was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Why? What are you talking about? And I just started kind of rambling myself and I said, you know, maybe at Ikea they want to talk about football, but it's not going to make much sense, is it, if they start talking about football? And he, he like looks at me and he's like, Sarah, where is this train of thought going? And then I brought up like another shop and I said, I actually used a Spanish version because um, well, we live in Barcelona, if you didn't know. So I was like, do you think El Corte Inglés? But I'm not going to use El Corte Inglés because that's a Spanish one. Let me think. Um, if you're in the UK, like Next, okay? I used to work at Next when I was a teenager. Next, I used to work in the Next Home Department. I used to sell furniture. And it got me thinking, do you think that Ikea are worried that they talk about furniture and then Next Home talk about furniture? I, I don't think they're worried, by the way. But my point here was, what is the difference between them? Like, why do people know whether they prefer to shop at Next or whether they prefer to shop at Ikea? Or how do people decide that they prefer to go to, I don't know, Barker and Stonehouse? Does Barker and Stonehouse even exist? I haven't lived in the UK for so long, I don't know, right? But think about like furniture shops around where you live, wherever you are in the world. Like, do they get worried about Ikea? Probably not. But why is that? Why do they not think, oh God, like our kind of core pillar that we're talking about here is the same as other people's core pillar. Why is that not a problem for them? And why does that still apply for us as, as small business owners, the same as it applies to big businesses? Well, let, let's think about it, right? One, if the product that you sell is that product, so you're a designer, you sell design, you are a furniture shop, you sell furniture, it wouldn't make sense to talk about anything else but the thing that you're selling, right? So you don't need to worry about being repetitive about that because the people who are going to come to you who are going to be interested in learning more about your product, learning more about your service, learning more about your process, learning more from you and potentially buying from you and the clients that will buy from you all want to know about that topic that you do. That's your, that's your topic. That's where your expertise lies. That's what you're an expert in, right? So we're not trying to be something else. So in your content pillars, they probably are going to be the same as someone else in your industry and that is completely okay if you have completely unique content pillars you've missed the point of the content pillars the content pillars are there to keep your content focused around your area of expertise your area of expertise relates to the offers and the services that you sell or the product if you're a product-based business right so if you have defined your content pillars and they're like out of this world people are probably <laughs> confused at what the hell you do and it's gonna affect your sales because that's your marketing at the end of the day. So the content pillar should be should be generic and should relate to what you sell. And 
then I went on to talk up to my client about this and I also was talking to my boyfriend and I said, okay, so we're comparing these two furniture shops. Ikea, their thing, like what is their thing? Well, they want to offer like very, well, not very cheap, but they have cheap options, basic options. They have flat pack furniture that you can bring home in your car and you can create it yourself, right? And then some of these other furniture companies, wherever you're thinking, like think of like a more... Uh, maybe more expensive, more high-end, like ones that don't come flat-packed. The luxury there is that it doesn't come flat-packed. And the luxury is that probably they might have, I don't know, exceptional customer service. The prices might be higher. You might feel like it's more of a luxury because you don't have to lie on the floor in all the dust and build it yourself, right? They're hitting different points, even though they both sell furniture. They're talking to different people who want different things, even though their product is the same. So you should be thinking about your product in that way. You're going to have different selling points, unique selling points. You're going to have a different focus for your brand compared to someone else, even if your content pillars are the same. So the repetition, yes, comes in in the topics you're talking about, but your selling points, your unique selling points are different. And those are the things that you need to highlight, right? You need to have some sort of differentiation strategy here. I'm talking about uh, unique selling points. So if you're listening to this before the 1st of March, 2023, I'm going to drop this in there while, while we're talking USPs, I'm hosting a live workshop that is all about finding and communicating your USP. So it's a three hour live workshop. I'm preparing now like loads of activities for you to do, teaching you about how to find your USP, how to, you know, learn to use that on your website, in your marketing, in your content, how to be highlighting that so that people see what your business does differently. Because as we've just established in this podcast episode, your content pillars are probably gonna be the same as everyone else's content pillars. So we need to have some sort of differentiation strategy. That's what we're gonna talk about and learn how to do in the workshop and to focus around your unique strengths. So what do you bring to the table that your competitors don't? So I'll leave that in the show notes in case you're interested in coming to that live workshop if you're listening now before the 1st of March. But back to what I'm talking about. So the uniqueness in what you do or say, the thing that makes you stand out is going to be your USP, which could be, there's a lot of things your USP can be. It could be the process of how you get people results. It could be your way of working, your um, personality. It could be certain experiences you've had, certain qualifications you have. Like there's loads of things it could be. Um, But once you find out what it is, then you can be highlighting that all over the place, right? So people know what you do differently. It can also be your tone of voice. It can be um, your brand values. Like, you know, do you support certain charities? Do you have really strong views? Like, what do you stand for and what do you don't? What do you don't? What do you not? Because again, that is gonna be what makes a difference between someone who just repeats the same information as every other designer or every other coach. But when you're sprinkling in, your values, your stories, your experiences, your USP, your tone of voice, letting your personality come across, all of that is different, right? So that's what I want you to remember, basically. That, that is it. And talking about this, so another today when I was talking about Ikea and, and furniture with my boyfriend, another thing that came up with him was So he loves listening to YouTube, right? Whatever he's doing around the house, I I swear this is relevant to to your business, by the way. Whatever he's doing around the house, he's normally 
when I'm working and I don't want him to bother me or talk to me, he's got his AirPods in and he's listening to YouTube videos. And he subscribes, he actually pays for certain content from a couple of, um, I think it's like a group of creators, don't ask me, I don't know. It's about, um, they talk about the Premier League, right? They're Spanish people, because my boyfriend's Spanish. They do the content in Spanish. And they talk about the Premier League. Now, as you can imagine, their content pillar is probably, well, their whole business is based around the Premier League, right? I don't know if they break it down into different like categories or whatever, but they talk about the Premier League. How many people on the internet make content about the Premier League? A lot, right? You could even just watch like, I don't know, match of the day. The difference is for my boyfriend, he wants to listen to someone talking about the English Premier League, but in Spanish. So I guess they've niched down their audience quite a bit because they want Spanish speakers who are interested in English football. Okay, great. So, you know, that's a whole other topic about niching down, finding your audience, but they've done that really well, right? Um, the the program, the channel, by the way, is called La, La Media Inglesa. I don't know whether anyone speaks Spanish or they want to look at this, <laughs> these people, but this is who I'm talking about, right? So they're on YouTube. I think they have a podcast too. And they talk about the Premier League and my boyfriend pays for their videos. Okay, they found quite a niche audience, but I'm sure my boyfriend can find someone who talks about the Premier League for free. So what what made him get his credit card out and pay for these people's these people's videos? Um I don't know why my grammar and like everything is so bad today. Sometimes my brain gets very jumbled up. But anyway, not gonna um <laughs> I'm not gonna cut this out because what's the point? I haven't got time to edit this and you know, this is the real me. So if you like it, you like it, you don't, you can switch off. Um, so he pays for this and he is howling. Like when he's washing the dishes, he is howling at these videos. He thinks they're hilarious. Like he's like crying and it's not because they're talking about the Premier League, right? It's because they have a way of doing it that is one of a kind like they can only sit like he knows now their personalities like it's a group of guys he knows their backstories he'll tell me Sarah this guy played in this team and these are his friends and this guy's from this city and this guy's you know he knows the backstories of everyone why is this relevant to your business because people want to know like a little bit about you they don't want to know your whole life but people like to think that they know you a little bit like they want to know, you know, where do you live? What what you're interested in? Like, what did you used to work in? I don't know, whatever things you feel comfortable sharing. People want to feel like they know a little bit about you. And that's going to be that sprinkle of uniqueness, right? That contributes to that uniqueness, not the content pillar. It's not about the topic, right? And so when we're having lunch today, I goes to him, okay, so you pay for La Media Inglesa, you pay for these these videos. And I said, do you pay for anything else? Because, you know, I'm like doing my research. He, he gives me good ideas. And I said, do you pay for anything else? And he said, no, I was interested in um, this other channel that was talking about the Scottish uh, Football League. And he said, but I only watched two videos. And I said, oh, you only watched two? And I said, why? And he said, they were just so boring. He was like, it was too, um, I can't remember where he said the guys were from. I think he said maybe Mexican guys talking about the Scottish Premier League. Again, like, like very niche. Um, but that's what you want for your small business, right? You want it to be niche because then you, you draw in the right people. But the thing that was happening was 
they didn't make him laugh. Like he wasn't crying laughing. He was like, oh, this is just like very serious and boring. Um, and he didn't even get more than two videos in. So he doesn't know anything about these people. Like he didn't tell me, you know, oh, they're from here. Oh, they used to play in this team. He doesn't know because he hasn't, they didn't hook him in. But it wasn't the topic that was the problem. He is still interested in learning about the Scottish Premier League. He's still interested in that content, but it's just that wasn't the right person. They, they weren't the right people for him, right? There was nothing unique about it. It was literally just facts about the Scottish League. So when you're thinking about this for your business, I want you to remember that your topic is supposed to be repetitive. You are supposed to be talking about the same thing over and over again. If you're not, you're, you're not going to make sales because no one else is going to understand what you do, right? So your product is your product and your speciality is your speciality and that's what you're an expert in. But then you need to go deeper than that. You need to go into what is my way of doing this? What is my way of saying this? What is my USP? What is the thing that differentiates me from the other people who are talking about this core topic that I'm talking about? Is it my personality? Is it my process? Is it my experience? Is it my tone of voice? Is it the way that I deliver information? Like all of these things are going to be the uniqueness, but the repetition is going to be there. And that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. If anything, I would say that a lot of people's problem and my problem through um, the first couple of years of my business is that I was... I went from repeating the same things a lot, but with no personality and no uniqueness. I was just talking about brand design all the time and people got bored because I was probably like those people who talk about the Scottish Premier League and did it really, really boringly and no one bought from me. Then I got to the point where I was like, right, now I'm going to do things a bit different. But then I went too far away from my core topic and people didn't get it either because I wasn't focusing around what I was actually good at. And it was only when I kind of like pushed those two experiences together and I made my brand strategy. And when I discovered this process of brand strategy, where you put this strategy together, it's like your handbook, right? It's like everything you need to know about your business, your values, your mission statement, all of that like jargon that you think you don't need, but you actually do because it makes everything easier. Plus like your marketing. So you've got your ideal client profile, what content ideas you're gonna do, everything about different offers that you sell, how they all fit together. It's like the handbook for your business, right? That's what your brand strategy is. And once I discovered doing that, I was like, oh, wait, okay, so my core is my expertise. I'm talking about branding. I'm talking about brand strategy. That's okay. I'm talking about marketing your business. Yep, okay, cool. Loads of people are talking about that. And then I also have the sprinkle of uniqueness and I make sure that I communicate that again and again. And that's when you're going to start to see results because you're being repetitive, but not boring. Okay. So I hope that this little short podcast helped you. I say short, I've gone on for 20 minutes. So that's actually quite a long time. Um, I hope that these examples really have encouraged you that repetition is not a bad thing, but also how you can make your repetition meaningful and impactful, but without being boring. And yeah, if you'd like to come to the USP workshop that I'm hosting on the 1st of March, again, I'll leave that in the show notes and you can grab your ticket and I will be honored to help you find your USP because I know when, when I started as a designer, I felt so like, oh, when I think back to how shit I felt, like that no one was going to buy from me because everyone else was better than me. Like finding the thing that actually 
made me stand out and made me unique like it wasn't just um it wasn't just about like oh I need to be unique it was like it really just gave me that confidence boost in the first couple of years of my business that I hadn't had before um and I love seeing people like when I do this with clients and I've done it in my group program last year when I do this I I love how people are like oh cool yeah like that that's my thing and I'm like yeah (laughs) now start telling people that and they're like okay cool like it's just this confidence boost it feels so good um it feels good for me to see other people like helping other people get to that point so that's why I'm doing this like outside of my program just as a one-off workshop um the people who are in my program will come but also it's open publicly for you if you just want to come to that one event without joining the whole program um and yeah I'm really excited about it so if you have any questions just write to me on Instagram otherwise you can buy your ticket and I hope to see you on the 1st of March all right friend see you later